and you are not tuned into another episode of my skin is my sin presents intellectually petty radio and today we have the goat of goats we got the real rick ross in the building man it is an honor and a privilege king how are you doing i'm well how are you I'm um, doing great, man. It's an honor to have you, bro. Um, and before we get started, man, shout out and thank you to Minister Student Minister Troy Muhammad, man. That's my my brother, man. Invited me to the Rakim event. Got a chance to chop it up just for a second with you, bro, and, and get you on the show. So that was very dope of him. No doubt, no doubt. Shout out to the brother. Always working hard, trying to oh, stay God. the hood. Always stay the hood. Absolutely, man. And and before we get started, make sure you go cop the book, man. Can you see that? It's the uh, Untold Autobiography uh, of Freeway Rick Ross. It's an absolute must have and it's a great read, I might add. And I was surprised at the honesty in the book, too, man. And, and not about the, you know, we all know the kingpin shit, but just how you was, you was feeling coming up and how you were feeling about yourself, man. Um. I was really surprised about by that. Was was it tough felt, doing that? I felt it was important. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, you know, people don't like to point out their their flaws and their shortcomings, and um, it leaves the kids believing that that these people are supermen and they never did anything wrong and they never made a mistake. And I think that it's important that our kids know that they're going to make mistakes. Uh, 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 and it's okay to make mistakes. You know, Thomas Edison said he made over uh, a thousand mistakes when he was trying to make the light bulb. So, you know, it's okay for us to make mistakes, but just just keep going. And by the way, if you go get that book, don't go to Amazon. Go to my website, FreewayRickyRawson.com. Hey, make you... <laughs> I'm not mad at that, bro. <laughs> Definitely do that. Cut them out, man. They don't. They got enough money. Man, Jeff Bezos, he, he, he going to take your money and go out of space with it. Oh my God! Must be nice to be able to do that, though. But uh, whew, I'm gonna feed the hood. You've done that already, man. I'm like, trying, like, trying. I'm finna really do it, though. Any regrets? Like, if you could go back again and and start over, would you do it the same way? You know, uh, uh, I, I did an article one time with the uh, Chicago Tribune. I, I, I know you. And I know you were trying to say and uh, uh, the young lady who who wrote the story. She she was saying that uh. Uh, uh, after after talking to me, that that there was no regrets, only lessons. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and I think that that she kind of summed it up the way uh, the way I wish I could have. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have any regrets, only lessons. I I, I learned a lot from what I did. Uh, and and to be honest with you, I I wouldn't be the person who I am today without the things that I went through in life. So. I feel you on that. Um, and for those who don't know, I don't know if you've been sleep under a rock or been in a coma for the last 20 years, but the brother went from literally from $50 of cocaine to buying hundreds of birds. Like at, at your height, how much were you copping? Um, I spent as much as I think like 3.2 million on, on, on drugs before one day. And what Jesus, God damn, bro. And you saying that like it's nothing. Well, you know, you become immune to it and, and that becomes your, your your fix. You know, like when you first start off, your fix might be a gram, a half a gram. Uh, you know, I started off with an eighth. Well, no, I started off with a fifty dollar rock, but the first thing I ever bought myself was an eighth. Mm -hmm. And but when you first get that first one, you you're nervous, you're scared. But after you do it a couple of times, you'll be like, Oh, that wasn't nothing. 
I mean, I, when you're spending 3.2, you're not like going to the guy with 3.2 million, are you? I don't know how that works. The duffel bag. And, Jesus Christ, you bro. Got carry it. <laughs> yeah. <Wow. laughs> Man, and so so you you in a crip neighborhood. That's how you grew up. Yep. Yep. Do you, like with Big U and all of them, or is other sets? Well, Big U was around. He was young though. Okay. You was a young boy. Uh, uh, the dudes from U's neighborhood at that time was like Petey Wack, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Big Phil, uh, Big Cat. You know, those were the guys that was really uh, uh, kicking up. You was their young homie. Wow. That's that's incredible, bro. And I got questions and shit I wrote down and everything, man. Um, You, you actually, R- Richard Williams coached you for a little while in tennis, correct? Not Venus and Serena's dad. Okay, that's what I was thinking. I thought it was, it was that guy. Different. It was a different Richard Williams, yeah. Uh, the Richard Williams that taught me also had mm-hmm. a hand teaching of Venus and Serena's dad. Wow. So that's pretty much anybody that came up that's anybody during your time you had some type of plug with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew all the tennis players at that time, you know, from Otis Smith. Otis Smith is the guy who found Anita Baker. Uh, I knew uh, Dick Griffey, uh, who used to own Solar Records. You know, Dick Griffey found Babyface. Uh, so I, I was right there. They played tennis, you know, Jim Kelly. Um, you know, we knew all the ones who played tennis. Arthur Ashe came down to, to our high school and gave us awards one time. So if you, you was a black tennis player, mm-hmm. we knew you. Mm-hmm. It, what was the most, the most valuable lesson you learned in tennis? Wow, that's hard to say. You know, uh, just recently, about two or three years ago, I found out that anytime you play a tennis match, you make over a thousand decisions doing one tennis match. So uh, tennis is a great sport for becoming a, a critical thinker. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, I, I got my being able to make decisions on the fly from from playing tennis. That's that's incredible, and a lot of people don't know that you were illiterate for a, lo- a, a, a long time in your life, and you taught yourself was, how to read. Is that correct? Was, yeah. What I found out though is I never had a reason to read. It, it wasn't that I was dumb. I thought I was dumb and, and and stupid, you know, where where I couldn't learn how to read. But mm-hmm. what I found out is that nobody had ever gave me a reason to uh, to want to read, and and I saw no reason in in reading. I couldn't see where it could be used at in in, in my everyday life. So it wasn't important to me. That's 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 phenomenal. And you taught yourself in prison. Yeah, well, you know, the guys told me that the way out of jail was through the law library, and the only way you could use the law library is if you knew how to read. So I had to read. Shout out to whoever told you that because it worked. (laughs) 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 All those guys, you know, all those guys, my life, uh, and really all my successes that I have. From here on out, they could definitely take a, a, a hand in, in in my successes. Because it was looking like like when you got locked up, they tried to they threw the book at you and, and tried to hit you with life. Correct? Yeah, my lawyer told me I was never gonna get out. You know, uh, when 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 we finished trial, uh, I think I had about sixty thousand dollars left, and he told me to take it and put it on my books and don't give it to him for the appeal. Wow! Because I was gonna be doing a long time and I was gonna need the money. So you went from a $3.2 million deal to 60 stacks left. Yeah, yeah, when I was in jail. 
you know, money, you know, my mom always say money and food will soon depart. So, you know, I was a fool with money. Oh, I, I was God. smart in some ways, but I was a fool in other ways. You know, if I would have knew, you know, if I would have knew what I know now, you know, I, my life would have been a lot easier. I mean, but you're doing good now, too, though, bro. Well, now I'm doing phenomenal. Um, yeah. You know, I'm gonna be the king of marijuana. Uh, for the whole country, they're gonna they're gonna probably vote me to be the the the, the man with the face of marijuana. Um, I'm gonna take over boxing, and um, I don't know what other industry, a few other industries that that I'm that I'm tinkering in. Uh, my movie, we start shooting my movie in January. Uh, my books are doing really well, both of them. Okay, okay. Uh, the one that you held up, you know, I can't quote no numbers because IRS might might pull that up and. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to have nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be that nigga to get published, right? So, so don't nobody really get the real numbers. You know, don't nobody. I'm not bad at that, man. You deserve every penny, man. And I will be honest with you, man. Like I was talking to one of my boys about you, and we were having a debate about you, me having you on the show. And the debate was. The damage that you've done to our community versus the good you've done to our for our community. Well, you know, when 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 people say that, you know, mm-hmm. when they point fingers, you know, you start pointing fingers, you got four fingers pointing back at you. So, uh, when when people talk about the, the damage that's been done in the community and who done it and all that, uh, you know, that's that old, that's that old stuff. You know, it's time out for us pointing fingers at 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 at, at somebody. And not looking at yourself, saying, "You know what? What's wrong with me? Why haven't I uh, uh, made the moves that I'm supposed to make to make my community better? Because if you're not making it better, then you're part of the problem." I feel that, but but there was never a time like like I remember when crack came out, and like for the first couple of years, the shit was a party. You know, no, nobody thought there was no, nobody thought about any negative aspects. You didn't see people's mamas selling their ass you know, for about three or four years. Correct. At, at least in Detroit. Was there ever a point where you got to it and was like, damn, I didn't realize it was going to be like this? Right. No, I, I'm at, okay. No, All right. Totally, totally. You, 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 you hit it right on there. Nobody knew. You know, when, when, when I got into it, I thought I was getting into what Rick James and Richard <laughs> Pryor was into, my heroes, you know, like still. Yeah. I do this shit. I want to be doing it. Yeah, and then he made it funny and shit, huh? And then he made it funny. Yeah, I mean, you know, when 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 you look back in in the seventies, when 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 our entertainers, you know, the Quincy Joneses, and you know, um, and they say so many of of our entertainers was was powdering their nose and mm-hmm. in the pipe that uh, uh, it made it attractive. You know, it made it to where uh, it was something that you know a nineteen year old kid who who was in a sense, lost, you know, didn't know which direction he was going to go in. Uh, um, he picked cocaine. And, and and not just me, but, you know, thousands of young black men uh, uh, picked that route to go. And, you know, a lot of them did follow my footsteps. You know, I, I made it look easy and I made it look glamorous, you know, to, to, to be a self-made millionaire. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, it goes even deeper than that. You know, how did how do we even become accustomed to cocaine? You know, uh, uh, 
I was sitting in prison, you know, and, and I was thinking to myself, you know, if, if you start pointing fingers, you know, you, you really, this thing would just go on and on and on because you got to say, well, the guy who showed me cocaine for the first time, first time he would be responsible mm-hmm. you know, for my actions. Yeah. Because he introduced me. And then you got to say, well, who introduced him? And then that guy would be partially responsible. And then the guy who introduced him would be partially. So, you know, I mean, when you point the finger, it just goes on and on. I'm more into coming up with solutions and solving problems. And that's what I'm after right now. Uh, I don't mind if people say, you know, that that uh, I'm a dirty, no good drug dealer, whatever they want to say. You know, I wouldn't even get mad at them if they said it. Uh, they, I mean, I had to say to them in my speaking engagements is, mm-hmm. and, you know, and a lot of them put their anger at the wrong person because, you know, they said one girl, she was saying that her mom had died from smoking cocaine. And I actually, I said, well, did they put a gun to your mom's head? And she said, Ooh. no. And I said, so she smoked it freely. And she said, yes. And I said, does she have any responsibility for her actions? Mm-hmm. You know, that she was a grown woman and, 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 and she wanted to, she wanted to get high on cocaine or, or whatever you know they're doing, you know they don't bear any responsibility. And I think that when you take the responsibility totally away from the users, then you you kind of defeat the purpose of of trying to solve the problem. Because um, until the person wants to stop using, nobody can get them to stop until they until they make up their mind that they no longer want to use. And that's a hard pill to swallow for somebody that's lost somebody because they feel like they need to blame somebody. Yeah, well, we always do. You know, we never, we never want to be. You know, when it goes well, everybody wants the glory, and and when it goes bad, nobody wants to be the one to say, you know what, I gotta take this one on the chin. Uh, but me, I don't mind doing that. I don't mind taking my 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 lumps. You know, uh, um, that's why when I went to prison, you know, and they 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 told me I was getting a life sentence. You know, I couldn't cry, I couldn't I couldn't mope and and, and pout because. Uh, um, you know, I knew what I was doing. What was your experience in prison like? Uh, well, you know, it, it, from the beginning, it was it was rough. You know, I never been locked up before. You know, I never uh, been under that type of control and and, and supervision. Uh, but once I once I got adjusted and, and I came to my senses, and and I figured that I could master being in prison, uh, um, it became fun. You know, it, it literally became where uh, most days I would be like, wow, I don't have enough time. That's the first time I've ever heard anybody say prison was fun, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you know people, people don't really understand. Uh, 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 you know, I, when I was sitting there, I was trying to figure out why did they build prisons? And what I came up with is that prison was a place that uh, when it first was created, it was a place where a person would go if they wasn't functioning properly, almost like a mechanic shop. And you would mm-hmm. go there and, and and you would get yourself together. That's an interesting way to look at it. So that's what I did. When I went to prison, I went there and I got myself together. Uh, you know, I did things that I'd never done before that I never thought I could do. You know, I never I never thought that I would ever read a book. Uh, I read over 300 books before I left prison. I read the Wall Street Journal every day, the USA Today. I read uh, uh, Yeah, I think he got a phone call, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, they, somebody's trying to call me. They're always trying to call me. Probably want to borrow some money. You the man. 
so I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I educated myself in there. You know, I, I was sitting in prison, and uh, one day, and I was like, you know what, man, I want to compete against all the dudes on the street. You know, the Jeff Bezos, the Bill Gates, the Russell Simmons, the Puff Daddies, and all them. I was like, wow, you know what? I would like to score more points than them in a game. Hmm. And and I was thinking, but you're in prison. You got a gate around you. So how are you going to score some points? And uh, it came to me is that that I could outread all of them. I could read more than they could read. So if I read enough, I would become so knowledgeable about the world uh, that nobody would be able to compete in that did field. You, did you ever foresee weed being legal? I didn't. I was I was doing my time in Texas. So uh, when the end of my bid, I was doing in Texas when it when it went legal. So uh, we weren't getting the newspapers in Texas. So I was a little lost about what was going on in L.A. and in Denver and, and and other places. I I totally stopped watching TV too. You know, I didn't watch the news. I didn't listen to the radio. It was just study, study, workout, study, workout, study. So I I, I was kind of like tunnel vision. So I had no clue that weed was was legal. It was like a total shock to me when I when I hit the streets and I saw these weed shops on the corners. You and me both, bro. I did not think that in my existence, like I'm from Detroit, so I didn't think I would be able to go to a store and buy a bag of weed if I chose to do so. Still blows my mind when I go back home. Yeah, it is mind blowing. But it's long overdue. I agree. I agree. Uh, I think the way that we've been handling this war on drugs has been totally a, a, a waste of taxpayers' dollars and resources. And I mean, this has probably been one of the biggest wastes that this this country's ever done. So uh, I think it's totally overdue. Uh, I think that the whole way that we deal with drugs and drug users and drug sellers is outdated, and and it needs to be revamped. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, so do you have your own strand out now? I have about five different strains, maybe seven or eight. Uh, I got I got five brands right mm-hmm. now. Uh, and each one has its own brand, its own strain. And then one or two of them got two strains. So, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to be the king of marijuana. So, you know, I'm going to have all the strains. Hey, I got some connoisseurs for you too, man, in Detroit. That, whoo, let me know. How do yeah. how, how do we get those strains? Well, you got to be in LA. You know, we can't ship across state line yet. Ah, yeah, that's right. We still got the federal regulations, you know, with the banking, which which mm-hmm. they clear that up soon because uh, with the way the banking thing is right now, it really makes marijuana dispensaries really vulnerable, and and it makes it still a dangerous situation. Uh, you know, people think that the drugs make uh, uh, the drug business dangerous, but it's the money that's involved in the drug business that really makes it dangerous. You know, any business where there's money, uh, people would do strange things to get it. You ain't never lied about that, bro. Oh my God, man. The people, is it, is it worse now, violence wise, do you think? No, no, I think, I think, I think the violence has, has, has definitely ceased in the weed business. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, because they can go to any corner and get it, you know. And, and most of the most of the dispensaries got security guards, and and you know they, they I mean they they used to rob them in the beginning, but it's not so bad right now, you know. Um, 
So I think it's gotten better. And if anybody wants to book you for a speaking engagement or get in contact with you, I want to make sure they have a way to do that. How, how, uh, how they contact you? Uh, they can get me on Instagram at Freeway Ricky and on Facebook at Freeway Ricky Ross and on Twitter at Freeway Rick One, I think it is. So they can get me there. Uh, CC is my manager. Her number should be on my page. I don't know for sure. Um, but I ain't really taking no bookings right now. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting after this pandemic to see what this pandemic is going to do before uh, before I take any more bookings right now. I want to just calm down a little bit. Even though I feel safe, you know, uh, um, you know, I'm on my vitamin D's and my and my zinc. And uh, and I'm 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 a witness that that those two things can cure the coronavirus. Man, I, what do you think about the vaccine? I know it's totally unrelated. Uh, I'm not taking the vaccine. Uh, uh, I don't think it's, it's been out long enough mm -hmm. to, to, to assure my safety and the safety of my, my, my loved ones. So, um, I, I'm not taking it. Uh, I'm not anti-vaccine or anything like that, dear. It's just that I don't know for myself. And, and, uh, I don't feel threatened by the coronavirus. You know, I, I feel you. That, uh, I've helped about 15 people get out of the hospital with the virus. So, wow! I got a, I got a guy right now here in D.C. that I'm working with. Um, he was telling me today how much better he felt, you know, since he started taking his vitamin D3s. That's what's up, man. Um, I, I know I had uh, Rizza Islam on the show, I don't know, about a month ago, a month or two ago. And he's completely against it. I got a brother coming on, a doctor coming on next week that's pro-vaccine, so that should be interesting. Me personally, I haven't taken it, and and I don't know, man. Like, most days, I'm like, no. And then there's some days, I'm like, eh. I don't know. So I'm on the fence. Yeah, we all are. You know, but I, you wear your mask. You know, I yeah. believe you mask. Take your vitamin D, get your immune system up. And and I got a doctor friend that, that really put me up on the vitamin D3, uh, Leslie Ray Matthews, and... and, and uh, he said that the vitamin D3 does the same thing that the vaccine does, but without all of the potential side effects. Okay. What's the dopest thing Rick Ross has done thus far? Just personally. I think uh, signing Kid Austin, a new boxer who's probably going to be uh, possibly one of the greatest fighters ever to put on a pair of gloves, maybe the best. You know, his dad thinks he's going to be the best fighter ever. Uh, getting him signed, you know, over all the top promoters in the industry was uh, accomplishment. Uh, and now to take his career and uh, and and he may pass Floyd Mayweather. I mean, the weed stuff has is, is been a great accomplishment as well, though. You know, <laughs> to, to start in the weed business with only $500 and then now own my own uh, dispensary as well as my own grow. And uh, to be partners with five of the biggest uh, people inside the business, uh, I think that's pretty amazing as well. Um, what I did in the cocaine business was amazing, uh, amazing too, you know, in a sense. Uh, it was cocaine. It's not something that, 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 that I'm proud of, uh, anything like that there, because it was cocaine. But at the end of the day, you know, to go into anything and take $50, can you hear me still? Yeah, yeah, I can. 
to go into anything and take $150 and turn it into $3 million a day sometimes is uh, pretty monumental. You ain't lying about ain't lying. that, bro. So, and like, I, I, I can kind of hear myself on your phone now. Oh, yeah. I, yep. I think it just, uh, maybe that was just a temporary thing. But in the pantheon of, of the hood, you got to be the GOAT, bro. I don't think there's anybody out there that, 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 put in as much work in that area than you have as far as the hood is concerned. I don't even know if there's anybody close. Well, right now, I don't want nobody to put in more work than me. You know, I go around the juvenile halls, high schools before the pandemic, talking to our kids mm-hmm. because they got to know what what it took me uh, 40-some years to learn, you know, that uh, we are great. We are all special, but it's up to each and every one of us to find out what our special niches are and to exploit those niches. And a lot of times our kids um, fall into a slump because they don't have the things that other kids have to make them feel special. And, yeah. and you, start, you start to look down on yourself and, and you develop a, a, a complex about yourself that you're not as good as everybody else because you don't have the things that everybody else have. Absolutely true, man. And and, and then it, you start perpetuating the cycle. Yes. You know, so, so salute to you for doing that too, by the way. There's a lot I, of niggas, man, just live on their reputations and, and they cool with that. Yeah, it's almost like, for me, it's almost like, uh, wow, when I help somebody, it gives me this feeling that, that I just did something for myself, you know, like I just cheated again. You know, you help somebody else. So you cheated again. You know, that's almost how when I help people, you got that presence about you too. And that's one thing when I went home and I was telling my wife, I was, you know, I met Rick Ross and, and, and I was like, he just seems at ease. I am like, and it it's just pop, you know, like you you just get that whole aura about you. I didn't get that. Oh well, you know, I did eighty million dollars worth of this or a hundred keys. It was just, man, I'm I'm really comfortable in the skin that I'm in, and you don't see that too often. Thank you, thank you, because that's the way I want to live. You know, I, I think that we all should be living like that. Uh, we all should be able to uh, make mistakes and move on with our lives. You know, we don't have to sit there. And, and let others dictate or try to dictate to us how we should feel about ourselves, uh, about whatever, you know? You know I agree with that. Uh, um, it was a story in the Bible where they were getting ready to stone this lady, and, and Jesus Christ told them, say, he who was never seen, throw the first rock. And everybody had to start stepping back. Yeah, if, if we only live that way. <laughs> Most of us. Yeah. And the people who be coming trying to point the finger, I be want to know, okay, I tell my story, you tell yours. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got shit to say on that one, man. Yeah. Um, That's what I tell them. I ain't got no problem. I tell mine. I come out with my with my skeletons out of my closet. What you going to do? And that's so. the thing about it, like, is 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 you you highlight the warts as, as well as the wealth. We have and a, a, but most people don't. They hide before, their hand. But for our kids, you know, this this is what I'm doing now is not for me. 
Okay. You know, I know I got about 20 years max to live. If I get 20 more years out of this life, I'll be happy. You know, right now my life is dedicated to the kids. And, you know, I got a couple of babies, too, and I got grandkids. And, and I feel that it's so important that they learn that they're going to make mistakes. Facts. Make mistakes, get up, dust yourself off, and keep going. Yo, having grandkids is some wild shit, though, bro. <laughs> it is, man. I did not anticipate this part of life. Like, I didn't think about, you know, grandkids of my own. And, man, it's such a fucking blast, bro. Man. And then I get to give them back. i can't get him back oh my i got i got five and one on the way i'm stuck with them well you know this is for me it's fun you know i never raised kids before mm -hmm. when i went to jail my kids were like five years old and under so uh, i never had a chance to raise them so right now you know i'm having a chance to to, to mold to mold some some, some little people you know and uh, it's fun, you know. I'm having a ball with it. Uh, and, you know, life is just good right now. I'm just, just, just basking in the moment. I'm here in D.C. right now. You know, they're gonna throw a little barbecue, and, and, and we're just gonna kick back and enjoy life, man. You deserve that shit, bro. You Thank do. You. And if don't nobody tell you, man, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Oh, no doubt, man. I like to make sure that I, I tell our brothers and sisters because we don't hear that enough. I appreciate it, and you're right. You know, people don't tell you that they appreciate you. But, uh, you know, that just gives me the, the, the motivation to keep going and work even harder. Because that's my plan to, to really change this economical situation that, that we are in as blacks. And I believe that the only reason that we're in this economical funk is because nobody has ever showed us how to get out of it. Facts. Oh, another side note. There's a boxer in Detroit. Uh, last name is O'Quinn. Keep your eye out for that guy. O'Quinn, O'Quinn, O'Quinn. Yeah. I don't know if I heard of him. And he got uh I think he's got 14 bouts, no losses, a draw. Pretty, pretty him and his brother. Actually, his brother is is, is legit too. Uh his brother just stopped boxing though, and he's still doing it. He got a fight coming up, uh, I think next month in Oklahoma. Yeah, who he signed with. Some Russian cat that it ain't going all that great with that cat. Like I, I'm not a fan of the cat, but the kids got oh my god, a shitload of talent, bro. So, so if you ever get, you know, when you go back, you look at look him up, man. Let me know what you think, shit. You know, and uh, if I, I ever come out to LA, I'm definitely gonna tap in on some strands. Say that again. If you see him, tell him to call me. Definitely, I got you. When you come out there, hit me up. Oh, I absolutely will, man. Um, is there, And I know I ain't got too much time with you. You got a lot of shit to do, bro. Is there anything you want to say to the people before you dip? Oh, your, your volume went out again. Yeah, I can't, can't hear you, King. But while you're doing that, shout out to your manager, too. She was very on point, very response, uh, responsive. Unlike any other manager I've dealt with to, to keep it a stack for the most part. But I can't hear you at all, bro. I'm not sure what happened, uh, but your volume went out. And hopefully, I don't think you can hear me. Uh, I don't know if you can still see me. And I don't think you know that we can't hear you. 
it definitely has been an honor and a privilege, though, man, to have uh, the GOAT. And that's a dope-ass hoodie you got on, too, man. Um, I'm wishing the volume come back on before I don't want to just hang up on you and seem rude, but I know you only had a few minutes. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, definitely appreciate y'all, man, for tuning in. Um, you don't often get the opportunity to talk to one of the greats at anything. Um, and it's the real Rick Ross, bro. Uh, you already know it was a couple of things I did leave on the table, but sometimes we just have, you know, get to having a regular conversation. And uh, wow, that's pretty that that's one for the books for me personally. Um, uh, shout out to, to y'all that's tapped in. I did not check Facebook, so if you was talking to me on Facebook, I'm sorry. Um Shout out to everybody on uh, YouTube. Sun Ray, what's going down in Australia, man? Shout out to my cousin, Dominique. Uh, David Weeks, shout out to you. Shout out to Tay Uhuru. That's my guy right there. If you need, uh, if you want to go to Africa and you need a tour guide, make sure you hit up Camp Cleveland, a.k.a. Tay Uhuru. That's family. Um Definitely want to make sure that you uh, tap in with him. The brother's been to, I don't know, what is it, 30 countries at this point? Correct me if I'm wrong. It's a shitload of countries and knows a shitload about Africa and has given multiple tours. Um, so shout out to him. Uh, that's about it, man. We will see you next week. I got Dr. Robert Drummond coming on. Uh who is a pro-vaccine physician, a brother that graduated from Morehouse, if I remember correctly. Uh, you already know. Come on, bro. Camp, you, you family, bro. And, oh, 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 since I got a couple people tap, tapped in right quick, that versus is trash. I just had to put that out there. I am not, I'm not, you know, they, they, they got Ja Rule versus uh, 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 Fat Joe. And I, I love Fat Joe as a, an interviewer, but musically, like up until like he was not good up until Big Pun came along. After Big Pun, he had a couple hits. I just don't think he got enough of a catalog to fuck with Ja Rule. And people really, really slack on Ja Rule because of 50 Cent. But before F Hurricane 50 swept in, Ja Rule and, and Murder Inc. was killing shit you had to be there anyway man it's been real i appreciate your time your energy and y'all have a good one man i'm gonna be out of here i got shit to do look forward to seeing y'all next week peace fam i'm out oh don't forget to follow me on instagram uh intellectually petty radio and my skin is my sin the number one that's my skin is my sin the number one it's one account and Intellectually Petty Radio on IG. Fuck with me on Facebook. My skin is my sin as well as Intellectually Petty Radio. On that note, man, y'all have a good one. Stay up. And we out. Peace.